You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Carmen Weaver Tyler. Time... Gordy. Took you, took you some time to remember that. To, to remember? Yeah. Yeah, when we record two in a day, it's hard to uh, totally change identities sometimes. I just had to cross-reference a couple and it just And it just doesn't always make it. All right, so we're back this week with part two of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp, suggested to us by Millipedish and sourced from World of Tales. Let's get some wishes going. Yeah. How about... All right, so so far we've there've been a couple things in common with the the Disney version. There's been a lamp and a genie and somebody mm-hmm. named Aladdin, mm-hmm. a cave of wonders, a magician and a princess. Mhm. That's it. Who is a prize to be won. Indeed. Um as was famously stated in the film. When she said I am a prize to be won. She says I am a prize to be won. Yeah, she knows her worth. <laughs> and, and it's several three, cool rocks. <laughs> three cool rocks shaped like fruit. Um, yeah, so beyond that, Aladdin's been sort of useless. He does not have yep. the same kind of like fun, charm, and cleverness as the uh, the Disney person. He is just a K-pop star slash uh, video game player who wishes for Lunchables and then forgets that he has wish powers. And he did a peep and Tom in a bath. It's a hungry, hungry himbo. Um, and his solution to the princess that he was promised getting married to somebody else was to do nightly kidnapping, shove her husband out in the cold, and just, like, lay down and take a nap next to her while she's terrified. So, you know, good times all around for everybody. Uh, so where we left off, the, uh, the vizier's son... The princess's husband has begged for a divorce because he cannot deal with this anymore. I cannot live this way. <laughs> I'm been, so cold. It has been granted to him with no further questions. Um, so she is now a divorcee. And Aladdin waits three <laughs> at, months. At 14 or however old she is. Yeah, who knows. So Aladdin waits three months and then sends his mother to remind the sultan of his promise. This would be a full six months after the promise was made at this point. So his mother stood in the same place as before, which is like directly in front of him, where previously she had not been visible because she's not covered in shiny objects like rich people and fish. So um, the sultan couldn't see her. Uh, and the Sultan had, in fact, forgotten entirely about the whole Aladdin thing, because, again, like, out of his sight, completely out of his <laughs> mind. <laughs> so he had the fruits, and they were really neat for a little bit. Um, but after a while, they just became just another decorative thing in a bowl. 
Um, so he forgot that they were actually payment for his daughter. Um, so he suddenly remembered upon seeing her again. He was like, oh, that's a familiar chair. Wait a second. Um, so he sends for her. And it's very clear that she's a poor. And now that she doesn't have shining rocks that he's actually looking at and he's seeing her for the first time, he is less inclined to keep his promise. Wait just one goddamn minute here. You're a poor. I didn't notice before, because you had gemstones. You were shiny. I was easily duped. (laughs) Now you don't, and you're a poor. I thought you were a chair. This makes so much more sense. (laughs) So much of you is a conundrum to me. (laughs) So he asked the vizier for advice. And the vizier just tells him to make the daughter too expensive for any living man to buy. Because the vizier's just done with this shit. Like, he saw his his ultimate goal through, which was to get his son married off. But then his son asked for a divorce, so he's like, fuck, I don't give fuck. a shit anymore. <laughs> you failed me, son. So the sultan demands 40 basins made of gold, filled to the brim with jewels, carried by 40 slaves, and led by 40 splendidly dressed slaves, which is a different species, I guess. Like, doesn't count as same thing in mm-hmm. sultan brain. Uh. You have you have regular slave and then you have splendidly dressed slave. Prince Ali begins to intensify in the background here. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, dun, da. Tell this Aladdin I await his answer. Uh there is also racism present in the division of the slaves, uh which I am omitting, but I'm not letting the story off the hook for having it there. <laughs> Just know that it is there. No, it's there. We're not repeating it. Because it's unnecessary, but people suck. So, um, the mother bowed low and she went home thinking all was lost because no one remembers infinite wish genies. <laughs> They're the most forgettable thing in this mother-son's life. Despite being the answer to every possible problem. Maybe it's like when there's too many soup brands at the store and you just can't choose when you have two genies, it's like, well, I might as well not have soup. Yes. Uh, so she gives Aladdin the message and says, well, the Sultan's going to have to wait a long time for your answer. And Aladdin's like, Psh, no, not very long at all. I I have remembered today that I have all the power in the world. Convenient. So he summoned the genie who manifested all the gold and the living humans. dun 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 and Aladdin sent them out to the palace, followed by his mother. I want to know, like, did the genie make humans out of nothing? Or did he just, like, yoink humans from different areas of existence? I'm pretty sure he did in the in the Disney movie. Makes them out of nothing? Yeah. Did he, did he create... Oh, I guess he created a lot of human beings. Yeah. yeah. That whole parade. <laughs> yeah, he made life. Yeah, I I sort of always assumed that they weren't like real, like or they, maybe they he just disappear. manifested enough money to hire them for the parade. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> the, they were. Robin Williams' genie is just an event coordinator. They were crisis <laughs> actors. It all makes sense now. I saw some of those motherfuckers in the Kill the Beast mob several movies ago. <laughs> Knows how they always show up? Yeah, they just kind of wait around for someone to need them to hold a pitchfork or a, a palanquin. 
That's a pretty good fake D and D name, also. What pitchfork what and palanquin? Yeah, a name for for what? If you're making a TV show or movie where you need a fake D and D name, like oh a, sure, something like evocative name. of a tabletop. Yeah, pitchforks game. and palanquins. That might be a fun like um, RPG that plays with class divisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not bad. We could probably workshop this later. <laughs> Gordy, you've had experience putting together RPGs. Yeah. I do the art stuff, as can Tyler. <laughs> and then you can do everything else. It's fine. <laughs> so the the humans, or like at least appearance of humans and gold and stuff, uh, all goes out to the palace, uh, followed by Aladdin's mother. I assume Aladdin just like stays home and keeps playing video games this whole time, because I don't think he's gone once to any of this. Sure. Um, and she is a very overindulgent mother. So they all enter the palace and kneel before the sultan and then stood in a half circle around the throne with their arms crossed while Aladdin's mom presented them. And the sultan's like, fuck yeah, bring that boy here. <laughs> I didn't think this was possible. This is awesome. Look at this presentation. He can have like I wish I had some extra daughters to throw his way. Fuck. He faced the galloping hordes. A hundred bad guys with swords. So his mother tells Aladdin, who first calls the genie to give him a scented bath and a richly embroidered habit. And a scented horse. of what? Um, um fruit roll-ups. <laughs> he is a uh, kind of snack centric. You're right. That's what he likes. Uh, he wants a horse that's better than the Sultan's because, you know, you gotta show up your future father-in-law. Yeah, appearances. And then 20 more living human beings to attend him. Uh, plus six more slaves for his mom. And as a bonus, 10,000 gold pieces and 10 purses. Just just on top of it. And the genie's like, yeah, sure, whatever, here. Here you go. Um, so Aladdin... Now smelling freshly of fruit roll-up, mounts his horse and passes through the streets as his slaves threw gold around at other people. <laughs> and everyone who used to play video games with him and practice K-pop moves on the street didn't recognize him because he was so handsome now that he's had a bath, I guess. He's just far too radical now. Um, so the sultan embraces him and takes him to a feast and he's like, yeah, you can have my daughter today if you want. I don't give a shit. Like, she's basically already, like, she's she's a divorcee. Like, <laughs> sure, hell yeah. Not going to get a better price for her. Uh, and Aladdin says, no, I need to build her a palace. And he leaves. So he goes home and he tells the genie, hey, can you build me a fancy palace with precious stones and a large hall that has gold and silver walls and six windows, but one is left unfinished and the others are all set with diamonds and rubies? Also some stables and horses and grooms and slaves and all the other stuff that you need for a palace. It's really, really specific. Yeah. So is, palace... is, uh, is Ring Genie just still kind of hanging out? Yeah, Ring Genie's just got, like, got a magazine. Just like lounging in a lazy boy. Ring genie quarterly. Looking at possible new diamond sets for his, his ring home. Like, have you seen this princess cut? Man, I could really use an upgrade. <laughs> uh, the fa palace was finished that night, 
and in the morning, the genie carried him there and showed him everything, including a velvet carpet that went from Aladdin's palace to the Sultan's palace. How far? My impression is that they're neighbors, and he's just built a palace in the Sultan's backyard, essentially. Okay. Um, Aladdin's mother was dressed all fancy and walked to the palace, followed by Aladdin on horseback. What an asshole. Like, you're making your old mom <laughs> walk while you prance behind her on your fancy-ass horse. You do horse tricks. You could wish for a second horse, dick. You could wish for infinite horses. <laughs> your mother could ride ten horses at once. On top of each other. She could be in a cushioned carriage while people feed her canapes while 20 horses draw that carriage. You're going to make her walk, except now she's in fancy clothes that are probably hot and uncomfortable. The Sultan sent musicians out to meet them, because this is just like, this is how royalty communicates with each other. (laughs) Um, They go to the princess. The princess says goodbye to her father and takes her mother and a hundred slaves along the velvet carpet to Aladdin's palace. Mom mom is part of the dowry, I guess. <laughs> the sultan has no more use for mom. Uh, the princess is charmed at the sight of him, and I guess does not recognize him from the kidnappings and the Nights of Terror, which you would think would carve a face into your memory pretty clearly, but, you know. One would think. Um... And he opens with the charming first line of, Hey, blame your beauty for my boldness if I've displeased you. (laughs) If I've done anything that's made you feel uncomfortable, it's your fault for being hot. It's because you're so attractive to me. I I can't help myself. Yeah, it's just, I have no personal control over anything here. That's why we have a dress code here. Uh, She looks around her and says, Well, given what I've seen, I'm willing to obey my dad. So she is royalty at heart. (laughs) <laughs> after the wedding Aladdin threw a big feast and the next day he invited the sultan over so the sultan was not allowed to be part of the wedding I guess I don't know folklore times weddings all seem very strange so the sultan like looks around the palace and is very impressed but the unfinished window is a, is a weird detail um, so he does ask him about that and Aladdin says no nah, I, meant, I meant for that to happen um, because I wanted you my new papa to have the glory of finishing this palace. Lucky you. So the Sultan was pleased. Dads and sons bond over building shit, right? (laughs) I wouldn't know. Uh, So I guess maybe like it's a cool bonding thing to to finish a palace with your your dad-in-law. And of course, like since dad-in-law is a Sultan, he's not going to do it himself. He sends for the best jewelers in the city. And asks them to make it fancy, like all the rest. But the ah, bonding. Yes. Father-son building as they oversee other people doing the work for them. <laughs> uh, but the jewelers are like, oh, no, we can't find enough jewels in the kingdom to do this. So the sultan fetched his own jewels, which they also used, but to no purpose, because after a month, the work wasn't even half finished. Contractors, right? Am I right? Aladdin... With, like, probably one of those real obnoxious secret smiles to himself, uh, knew their task was in vain because he had designed this whole weird flex to prove how cool he was to the sultan. Uh, So he sent the jewelers to undo their work and carry all the jewels back, and he just had the genie fix the window for him. Uh, The sultan is surprised to have all of his jewels returned to him. And he goes and visits Aladdin, 
who shows him the window and is like, no, I did it. Like, you're not capable, Papa. Like, let the new generation handle it. You should just go sit down and watch your your World War II documentaries or whatever. <laughs> um, and the Sultan embraces him. Like, man, you you are real cool. And the envious vizier hinted that it was the work of enchantment. So, in case all of the stuff that you have heard about Aladdin has made you form an opinion onto his about his character. Yeah. The story would like you to know that he has in fact won the hearts of the people with his gentle bearing. Hmm. It would have been nice to have seen that happen. Or have any yeah. evidence that he was at all a good put person. It, yeah, put it on screen or it didn't happen. <laughs> no guys, like he's the greatest and he's perfect and everybody loves him. Look, Story, I believe you, but I'm going to turn to face Gordy and Carmen now, and I'm going to say, I don't believe them. He's he's not nearly as smart as I thought. What, based on the, the film adaptation? Yeah, which is where I would say all of my <laughs> notions of Aladdin come from currently. It is a much better portrayal of Aladdin. Like, that Aladdin has human flaws, but is very likable, regardless of them. Like, even when he's, when he's fucking up, you're like, man, you are fucking up, but... I get it. But, like, you'll I learn... I get where you're coming from. You'll learn and be a better person one day, and you do have a lot of redeeming qualities. This Aladdin is a, like, weird, flexing kidnapper fellow who is, like, the worst gamer boy personified. This Aladdin is not Poggers. No, I, <laughs> not at all. Uh, he was made captain of the Sultan's army. No, don't. Do not do that. He's rich. That's all the qualification he needs. We've learned that from real life. If you're wealthy, you can just be in charge of shit. Yeah, but don't. Uh, and I guess because of all his Call of Duty experience on the streets, he is a very good commander and wins a yeah, lot of battles. Yeah, those are transferable skills for sure. Yeah. He's he's the best at video games and also at war. Um, but in spite of that, he does remain modest and courteous. Two traits we've seen uh, throughout this. Exemplary. But far away in Africa, the magician remembered. Are you kidding me? Excuse me. Carmen, you said he went away forever! He left Persia for, for all time. What? Which one is it? It's the it's the fake uncle magician. No, did he leave forever or not? Oh, he left forever until it stopped. That's not what that means. <laughs> oh, our both of our interns are now active around me, so there might be some more. Good, they should time. be angry at what's happening. <laughs> but the magician remembered Aladdin, and he used magic spying. To find out that Aladdin hadn't died in the cave and was, in fact, living it up real good with the power of not one, but two whole genies. Yeah, was he just watching this whole time? Um, yeah, I guess I guess so. Like, this has been the magician's reality TV show. Maybe he was like, oh, I should go back and get my ring. It was real useful to have a genie around, and I don't know Remember when I, I had a away. genie? What happened to that? Where'd I put that genie? And I was, I had it when I was trying to get that other genie, and then, oh shit, I left it on the dead boy's finger. Ah, fuck. I'm always doing that. I've lost, like, the last six genies this way. I was supposed to have two genies, and now I have none genies. <laughs> His mom's always telling him, too, to track your genies. 
So, the magician traveled day and night until he reached the capital of China, bent on Aladdin's ruin. Now, this is where I got real confused. Yeah. Because it appears that the rest of the story takes place in China. Yeah. And that that's where the Sultan's palace has been this whole time. Yeah, you didn't know? In China? Yeah. The Sultan of what? China? The, just Yeah, just the Sultan. Sultan of China. Yeah. And Persia? Yeah, I guess so. So I guess when the princess's bath broke and she had to go to the streets where Aladdin lived, like the next available bath was in Persia. I don't I don't really know. Kind of sounds like a walk, huh? I mean, I'm sure if I like was an actual folklorist or historian or anything other than someone who draws pictures and makes up stories all day. Um, I could find some answers to this, but working with the information I have, which is none, uh, the setting of the story has abruptly shifted. (laughs) Possibly because the storyteller heard somebody, like Tyler, be like, which is it? Did he leave Persia forever or what? (laughs) And I was like, fine. Fucking palaces in China China. Shut up. China. Uh, So he's walking around the capital of China, bent on Aladdin's ruin, and keeps hearing people gossiping about a marvelous palace. So he's like, well, what's this palace about, hmm? Like, no murdery reasons that I want to know. I'm just curious. Seems like a good palace. I'd like to maybe check it out myself. Yeah. So a tour guide shows the magician the way, and he becomes mad with rage and determines to steal the lamp and plunge Aladdin into deep poverty. Because... If there's one thing this magician's good at, it's a fucking temper tantrum. And for some reason, we the audience are supposed to go, No, don't do that. (laughs) Aladdin's so modest and courteous and good at war. Not to our boy. Not to our favorite boy, Aladdin. Our precious boy, Aladdin. Who's only done good things. and, And nice things. And I assume will only continue to. We'll surely learn a lesson. Unluckily for Aladdin, he had gone hunting for eight days, which gave the magician plenty of time to hatch hatch a cunning plan. Eight days? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that's all you need. How many years did he plan his first plan? (laughs) Not enough, I guess. (laughs) Or too much, apparently. Alright, so... I'm not going to give you two eight days. I'm going to give you, like, eight minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I want both of you to hatch a cunning plan for getting the lamp back and plunging Aladdin into deep poverty. Go. Climb the window Kay. of the palace. Go right. inside it. Take the lamp. Done. All right, Gordy, what's your cunning plan? You send in the Navy SEALs as a distraction. <laughs> uh, and then while everybody's fighting that battle, you... Also send in the Navy SEALs to the front as a second distraction. And then while they're thinking, wow, that's two distractions, there can't possibly be a third. <laughs> you just walk in and take it, because no one thinks, surely there can't be, can't be a third false alarm. Send the FBI in to plant the lamp that you're going to take. <laughs> Wait, plant, plant evidence and then call them and be like, he's got my lamp? Yeah. Yeah, tattle. <laughs> is that is that a plan? Is there a teacher around? 
Well, the magician's plan. Because he does yeah. not have the upper body strength to climb the window. Or the... Um, or the connections, connections to, to get... The, <laughs> to the Navy <laughs> SEALs. Um, but he does have some money and a basket. So he puts a bunch of copper lamps into the basket. And he goes around to the palace crying out, New lamps for old! And is followed by a jeering crowd because... There's nothing more entertaining than a man trading lamps. I haven't been to China, so I can't say if that's true or not. So the princess sent a slave to find out what all the noise outside was about. And the slave comes back laughing, and the princess scolds her for laughing. Um, And the slave says, sorry, sorry, but who can help laughing to see an old fool offering to exchange fine new lamps for old ones? Ridiculous. There can't possibly be a trick to this. There couldn't be any ulterior reasons for doing such a thing. Clearly, you're an idiot. We haven't seen Antiques Roadshow. We don't know. Uh, So another slave says, oh, well, there's an old lamp in the cornice. We could just give him that. And we have a nice new one. And the princess, not knowing its value, because communication is not uh, a present that Aladdin feels is important to a functioning marriage, um laughingly bade the slave to take it and make the exchange. The magician happily made the trade, then left the city. I got a one-lamp limit. <laughs> unsuspiciously. And he hangs outside of the city until nightfall, at which point he rubs the lamp. The genie shows up and, at the magician's wish, takes him and the princess and the palace to a random spot in the middle of Africa. The next morning, the sultan woke up and looked out the window toward the palace that Aladdin had built in his backyard, basically. And he's like, what the fuck? It's gone. Where the hell did it go? (laughs) No, no, no. So he sent for the vizier, and he's like, hey, palace gone. Help. Explain (laughs) physics. Teach me what happened. And the vizier's just like, it's an enchantment, like I've been saying. Everyone's just put it up to me being jealous but I've been just telling you guys, it's a fucking enchantment. Alright? <laughs> Turns out, it was the truth. And yeah, I might be a little jealous of the man who has fucking everything. And Both things can be true. <laughs> and who I suspect is responsible for the divorce my son went through. But, you know, I also give decent advice. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my gig. That is my degree. It's my job, and I take it seriously. (laughs) I jump at any chance to use my degree. And yeah, I might have wanted the princess for my own son, but it's not like I, you know, murdered this man or kidnapped him and put him in the cold. I just said, give me a chance to get you something cool for her. Jesus. (laughs) I just wanted to interview for the position of father of the, the bridegroom. And then he storms out and has a a drink. Rightly so. Yeah, he's the best character. He's earned it. I love the vizier. (laughs) So the song's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably the only way that an entire palace can vanish like this. I probably should have thought about it when it appeared like that. Um, So he sends 30 men on horseback to fetch Aladdin and chains. Right to jail. But because Aladdin is so likable and so wonderful and all the people loved him... um, Allegedly. The ordinary folk of the world armed themselves and followed the bound Aladdin to make sure he didn't get hurt. 
The Sultan orders Aladdin's execution, because that's just a power that he has at all times. And he does not need a jury of his peers or anything. And the as the executioner raised the scimitar to strike, the vizier notes, Hey, um, Sultan, the crowd has forced their way into the courtyard. They're scaling the walls right now to rescue Aladdin. Should we you do might, something? Yeah, you might want to reconsider this particular flavor of justice. Because, again, this is my degree, and I'm fucking good at my job. <laughs> um, so he tells the executioner to wait, and the sultan realizes, man, you get a lot of people together, and even if they're not shiny, and I can't see half of them, because they're not wearing riches, uh, they are a little scary on mass, aren't they? <laughs> I didn't think about the fact that beneath my gold and jewels I have a fragile human body that is as vulnerable to weaponry and pitchforks as anyone else's. Wait, 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 wait. If one stands up, they might all stand up? Shit. Hmm. And then he pulls out the rules to palanquins and pitchforks and he's like, fuck, they can <laughs> they can kill me. It's, it's, it says here that at this price point they can't hit. Let me let me check these grapple rules. Oh, I'm getting grappled. Oh, my AC is not actually <laughs> that high. It turns out gemstones don't grant a lot of protection. So he pardons I, Aladdin. I knew I should have put those points in decks. <laughs> so he pardons Aladdin in front of the crowd for like good good crowd points, and the vizier. Yeah, like, it's good PR. Yeah, the vizier just like relaxes back there. And Finally, someone fucking listens to me. <laughs> um, so Aladdin now asked what his crime even was. And the Sultan's like, well, where's your palace and also my daughter? I don't care about your palace, but I do want to know that my daughter's safe. So you did her. wizard shit or something. Yeah, like, you got wizard stink all over you. And Amab. <laughs> so. <laughs> As we all know, right, people? Right, right. And the crowd, like, cheers. <laughs> Let's hear it for Amab. Um, Wish we could get people that excited about um, similar movements. So the Sultan's like, if you don't find my daughter, the head chopping is back on. Like, this is a, a stay of execution, not necessarily a full pardon. So Aladdin has begged for, to have 40 He's days to find her. He has his hand on the murder knob, and he just keeps turning it and looking at the audience to see how they feel about it. Huh? Huh? Are we good with... Are these rules okay? All right. This seems fair to me. What do you guys think? And the Sultan says, sure. So now there's a contractual, like, thing here. 40 days or Aladdin's head. So the Sultan, I think, will be in the clear publicly to murder this man. So for three of... It's all on the level now. Yeah. That's all the, like, they just want transparency from their rulers. Like, if you can just put someone in chains and execute them at any point for any reason, um, well... What the hell are we even doing? Right, like, that's a lot of instability in your day-to-day life, and you don't, you just don't know if the Sultan will realize that you're not furniture and decide to kill you for it. Um, but if we can figure out, like, why he's mad, and also have a, a verbal contract, then everything's fine. Because at least then you know that you will know that you're getting executed. That's all they want. Uh, so Aladdin wastes three of his allotted 40 days by wandering around like a madman, asking everyone, Where's my palace? Where'd it go? <laughs> he wastes 
three days doing that? (laughs) Three days. Not just one? Three. Not an hour? (laughs) Yeah, no, three days he's asking everybody he runs into, where's my palos? It was real cool. It was tall. You might have remembered it. One of you was a tour guide, I'm sure. And everybody just laughed and pitied him. Is he wearing the ring? Um... So he came to the banks of the river and he knelt down to say his prayers before he threw himself in because after three days of asking people, like, he's out of ideas, he's done. But in his prayers, he rubs the magic ring. Sometimes things are hard to do. They are hard. They are less hard when you have a backup (laughs) genie that you've been wearing for years. That would, would you think, make things easier. But since he has the memory of a goldfish that has been dead for those many years. <laughs> Arguably worse. Worse memory than a dead goldfish. Um, he did not think about the ring until he accidentally rubbed it praying. Because he apparently also only prays when he's near to death. Which I'm sure is a, a good trait that a spiritual leader being in the sky would appreciate like hmm. oh yeah yeah god you, loves those yeah you only call when you need something it's never just to say hi is it <laughs> um so then genie pops out and lad's like oh yeah it's you you you're you're here oh yeah you can make me a palace save my life and bring my palace back palace first please and the genie says look I'm not a high-level genie. That's a lamp-level <laughs> genie kind of request. He's not a high-level genie because Aladdin keeps forgetting to fucking use him. <laughs> so he hasn't had any... When's he getting XP? <laughs> so is there is there, like... Does it take, like, a certain amount of space in your vessel for your power to, to foment? I guess, yeah. Like... That appears to be the rule. Like, ring, ring genies can do small shit, and lamp genies can do the big shit. No known limit to lamp genie powers, but ring genies cannot carry a whole palace. Which at least explains why the magician, having had a ring genie, would be so eager for a lamp genie. Mm-hmm. Ring genie's the genie you ask for snacks. Sure. Um, so Aladdin says, well, can you take me to the palace and then put me under my wife's window so this is within ring genie powers how offended do you think lamp genie was that aladdin kept calling him for lunchables (laughs) when there is a ring genie (laughs) for him like that's that's exactly within his purview but he was he was too polite to mention it i could get you an entire fucking kingdom and you just want you want a snack? Like, fine. Sounds more like a ring genie gig if you had one of those, maybe. Yeah? Oh, you forgot already. All right. Well, fine. Here's... <laughs> You're looking at the ring right now. You know that. <laughs> yep, that one. That one right there. is a, There's a genie in that there, sucker. Yeah. You can All right. I'll go get your fucking snacks. <laughs> <laughs> call me for, you're just, for big shit. You're not just, just nodding to, at me now. Not trips to Aldi, but, you know, fine. <laughs> Whatever. You're, there's a little drool coming out of your uh, your lips there. All right. It's like hiring Rembrandt to do a, a portrait of of like a, a tissue. 
<laughs> to do well, to do like a state fair caricature. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see that though. <laughs> so the genie dumps him under the window in Africa and Aladdin falls asleep there cuz it's hard work being carried to Africa by a genie. Uh, and he's awakened by birds and he feels a little bit better cuz at least no one can chop his head off here. And then, then he realizes that his troubles are because he's lost his lamp. Because it, I mean, nowhere in the three days of asking everybody about his castle did he remember that that was a possibility. Um, and he starts to wonder, why well, who robbed me? Uh, the princess happened to be up early that morning. Not that we care, because we haven't heard anything about her habits, and so we we wouldn't need a justification for why she was awake early that morning. She can be up any damn time. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Uh, but the story would like to justify this to you, because she has slept in every other day since the kidnapping by the magician, whose company she was forced to endure once a day. Well, I'm glad that she's well-rested. Uh, she treated him so harshly that he dared not live altogether in the palace. So, like, she's just got a sharp tongue in her, apparently. Which I appreciate. Like, I like that Wouldn't this princess can, can, uh, can keep a magician who's kidnapped her through magical means from feeling comfortable sharing a palace with her. <laughs> he does force her to spend some time with him every day, but he is not willing to put up with that all night. Could also be that she's just stinky, though. Could be. Always a possibility. It's a good mm. self-defense mechanism, I guess. Maybe she didn't bathe that often. <laughs> Maybe it was once every like 14 years that she had a bath. <laughs> so she was dressing and one of her w- women saw Aladdin out of the window. And the princess ran and opened the window and they were reunited. And Aladdin kisses her and then is like, where the hell's my lamp? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, uh... Yeah, whoops. Maybe you should, in the future, tell me about important shit like that so that I don't accidentally sell it to a random guy outside of the palace. I'm going to say that one's on you, husband dearest. He's not listening. <laughs> no, he's there's already... A little, there's a little drool coming out of his lips already. <laughs> um, so she tells him that the magician carries the lamp with him and he wants her to cheat on Aladdin and marry the magician. And also, he's always bad-mouthing you. Like, he, he's he got a real chip on his shoulder about you specifically. I didn't know you He does you not had. like you. Do yeah. you know him? <laughs> Where'd you meet this guy? Like, What, what did you do to him? He's upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting and to realize... And it sounds justified. I'm kind of with him. <laughs> I'm starting to realize now, I know nothing about your past. Or your present. <laughs> Uh, I keep putting him off by crying a lot, which seems to be working for right now, but I like I know his type. He's probably going to get violent after a little bit when he doesn't get what he wants. But for right now, just sobbing and making a scene is making him uncomfortable enough to avoid me. Just, it's, it's definitely not going to last forever. Look, women's self-defense classes have very limited options in this time, so it's it's all crying. Speaking of reenactment by our own princess down here. Well practiced. Um, so Aladdin comforted her and then left her to trade his clothes with some random stranger. Which is a scene that I would have loved to see play out. <laughs> um, 
and then buy a certain powder before returning to the princess. Uh, he tells her to put on a sexy dress and receive the magician with smiles and let him believe that she has overnight forgotten about Aladdin entirely. Uh, he instructs her to invite him to dine with you and say you wish to taste the wine of his country. And while he's out at the package store picking some up, I will tell you what to do next because I know I can't hold information in my head for very long. So, you know, it's probably best if we just meter out this plan slowly. Uh, so she dresses fancy for the first time since she left China, the place where the story has taken place for most of it, apparently. As we know. Um, <laughs> and she tells the magician, I have made up my mind that Aladdin is dead. That's how that works. I can just decide that he died somewhere. And, uh, He's dead and you have to believe it now, too. It might as well be true. And I want to drink wine from your country. Let's do it. I don't know how... It, it's been a little bit since I noted this story, so I don't know how direct my notes are here, but I do like the idea that this... Like, pretend that you've changed your mind and ask him to dine with you and drink wine has been simplified to... Aladdin's dead, I want wine. (laughs) (laughs) This story's going on way too long. I'm ready for it to wrap. Um, So the magician flew to his cellar, like, fuck yeah, wine. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's always the first good sign of a date. Um, And the princess put the powder that Aladdin had purchased in her cup. And when he returned, she asked him to drink to her health and hands him her cup in exchange for his as a sign that they were reconciled. Before he takes his drink, the magician starts praising her beauty. This is like a, one of those movie scenes where they're trying to build up tension for the big thing. And he's like lifting the cup to his lips and he's like, man, you are hot. Did you know that? Like, you're just gorgeous. Like, okay. And they lift it up and he's like, I just gotta say, like, the way your hair is. Um, but she cuts him short and she says, all right, all right, all right. Let's Enough drink, of that. Let's drink first. And then you can say whatever you want about how hot I am. (laughs) I need to be wasted before I hear a single other word out of your mouth. (laughs) Uh, So she set her cup to her lips and she left it there while the magician drained his and then fell back lifeless. Got his ass. Then the princess let Aladdin in and she flung her arms around his neck because a murder just happened in her presence and she's uh, complicit with it. Uh, but he put her away and said, all right, all right, all right, you gotta leave, I got work to do. <laughs> he put her away in the cupboard like a plate. <laughs> so he takes the lamp off of the magician's dead body, has the genie return the palace, and the princess, who's been, like, sitting in her room and or plate cupboard, only feels two little shocks, and she didn't have any way to realize that she was home again, because there are no windows in the plate cupboard. By design. The sultan, who is sitting in his closet mourning... Like something's been taken from him, so he's just gonna sit in a closet and cry about it for a week. Uh, happened like to a look little up. brother from a Christmas story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he happened to look up and see that the palace was back. He runs forth. Aladdin shows him the dead magician. They have a feast, as you do when presented with a dead magician. To celebrate any dead magician, eh, Mab? And it seemed Aladdin could live his life in peace and we could be free of the story. Wonderful news. But no. Oh. Because the magician had a younger brother. See y'all next week. 
And this brother was even worse. Also a magician? Yeah, but a, but a bigger, badder one. I do like that this story is very much proving the whole hero's journey. Like, we've been doing the same shit for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, I think we've defeated the big bad. But wait, there's a bigger bad no one's mentioned. This is just Dragon Ball Z now. Is that a hero's journey thing? Uh, Yeah, kind of, yeah. The crisis versus climax road back situation. Anyway, um... Yeah, so this guy travels to China, where the story has taken place for most of this time, as we all know, to avenge his brother's death. Now, he is better at clever plans than anyone in the story thus far. Prove it. Uh, Instead of going straight to the palace, he goes to a pious woman called Fatima, and he pulls a dagger on her. And tells her to Cleverly. rise and do his bidding on pain of death. He changes clothes with her, colored his face like hers, puts on her veil, and then murders her anyway so that she couldn't tell anyone. Pretty clever. Then he went to Aladdin, and everyone thought he was the holy woman. Are we still in China? Yeah. Okay. I just need some grounding every once in a while. Uh, So by the time he gets to Aladdin's palace, he has a loud crowd begging for blessings, and the princess sends the slave out to find out what the hell all this noise is about. Uh, So the slave comes back and is like, oh, it's Fatima, everyone loves Fatima, and the princess is like, hell yeah, I've always wanted to meet her, Um, call her in. And then she asks the pretend Fatima to stay with her, for always. You're a holy woman who's come into the purview of a royal person, so can we keep you as a pet, essentially. Carmen, do we need any of this? So the princess gives him a tour of the hall. (laughs) Define need. (laughs) And the fake Fatima says, oh, it's real nice here, but it needs something. I think it needs a rock's egg. You know, the big bird that, like, steals people. ROC. Yeah. If it had that, it would be the wonder of the world. But right now, it's just like a big... It's just a big house. I don't give a shit. So this clever magician understands royalty playpen psychology and is playing on that because now that the princess has been made aware that there is something that could be in her possession and isn't, she cannot think of anything else. So Aladdin comes home to find her grumpy. And she says, look, like the palace and everything, it's pretty... But it could be better, so I hate it now. So Aladdin asks the genie for a rock's egg, and the genie gives such a loud and terrible shriek that the entire hall shook. (laughs) The genie has reached the end of his fucking rope. He's like, No more! Wretch, he cried. Is it not enough that I've done everything for you? But you must command me to bring my master and hang him up in this dome? Are the birds in charge? (laughs) I I guess the birds are in charge. Um, yeah, so he's gotten sick of Lunchable's requests, and, and now now the birds are in charge, or something, I don't know. You and your wife and your palace deserve to be burnt to ashes, but this request doesn't come from you, does it? It comes from the, the magician's brother, who is disguised as a holy woman, who he murdered. He put the wish in your wife's head. Take care of yourself, or he's gonna kill you. I'm done with you. Goodbye. And he disappears. Genie out. 
So Aladdin goes back to the princess and complains of a headache and asks for some holy woman ibuprofen. But when the magician, disguised as the holy woman, comes near him, Aladdin stabs him straight in the heart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're, we're, we're done messing around. No questions asked. The princess is like, what the fuck? You just murdered the holy woman. Holy shit. And he's like, no, no, no. I murdered a magician. AMAB, remember? You, we're, are, we're you cool. here, are you here to defend this magician's life? I assume he showed her evidence and it, it like, is... Ex- Why would you ever assume that, Carmen? Okay. It's fine. Yeah, he just says, I murdered a magician, and after this, he and his wife finally lived in peace, and they inherited the kingdom when the sultan died, and they reigned for many years, and they left behind a long line of kings. The end. But I assume the genie was just, like, fucking done with them at that point. The genie was done with the storyteller. (laughs) No, end it. It's over. Stop. I like the idea, like, the genie, the storyteller was going to have this whole extra long situation where Aladdin had to get back the genie's favor and, and all of this stuff. And the genie, like, against his wishes and the way that characters sometimes do things on their own. And as a writer, you're just sort of dragged along on the ride. The genie's like, nope, here's the deal. Here's everything that is a secret, and you know it now, and there's no erasers invented yet, so let me go. We're done. Goodbye. And that's the end of the story of Aladdin. And what did the ring genie do? Went back to reading his magazine and being completely (laughs) fucking forgotten by everybody. Not me. Moment of silence for the ring genie. (laughs) I remember genie. So which one of those was the coolest wish? The coolest wish? Yeah. How close did we get to your prediction, Gordy? That he'd make one cool wish? One cool wish. I don't feel great about his, his wish spread. The palace was probably about the closest to a cool good wish. Nothing, nothing hit me as like... Like, nothing resonated as this is a truly excellent wish. <laughs> would have would have loved to see uh, Genie get get something more out of all this. Both of them. The both of them, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Genie's union, unionize against stupid wish makers. Maybe that's what he's off to go do now. Finally fed up. It's off to go create a, a union genie with all his genie friends. Yeah, he's, o- he's off to go talk to Rock. Like, we gotta renegotiate. Dwayne the Rock the Bird Johnson. In charge Dwayne, of the, Dwayne the Bird Johnson. <laughs> Where do you think uh, genies fall in the fairy spectrum? Apparently they're subservient to birds. They seem like like, they have fairy powers, but kind of the opposite of the fairy problem. Because, like, fairies trap other people into being subservient to them and doing their things. But birds have trapped them. Or a single bird has. One magical bird. So, are genies, like, prisoners of war? <laughs> sure. In, in in the bird fairy war. Yeah. Let's introduce POWs into our narrative. 
It feels good. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> feels. It feels uh, fine. It feels accurate. Yeah. Feels like that's what we've got on our hands, regardless of what we want. So, do you think like magical birds started realizing the error of their ways as they started siphoning magic out of the world, or do you think that was a a willing sacrifice? What do you mean? Well, like we've we've discussed in the Bird Fairy War that like birds are trying to destroy magic, more or less. Yeah. Um. But there are magic birds. Do you think that they like were willingly sacrificing themselves, or did they like go into the destruction of magic a, with like it, some hubris and didn't realize that they were also going to be affected? I, I think it, I don't think they were part of it. I think it was a schism. Mm. Nice. Like the these birds are acting just like fairies. Do rocks have magic, or are they just? Big. In some situations, they have magic, I think. I think rocks might just be big. So it makes sense for them to be, like, big players in the in the war. But I think that's going to to do us for this one. So thank you, Millipedish, for introducing us to the real story of Aladdin, where Aladdin is a far less sympathetic human than the Disney uh, version of the I think we have to find a different phrase for millipedish specifically because thank you doesn't feel right anymore. <laughs> like something like you done did it again or something like that. You got yes. us millipedish. <laughs> you got us millipedish. <laughs> I was. I was. What say more can need... you take from us, millipedish? I was going to say we need a a term for the the dirt bagification of <laughs> known characters. Characters we loved in our childhood and then discover are in fact just, just the worst. Oh, it's it's milkshake ducking. <laughs> we already that's, have it. That's that's what that's for. At least this Aladdin is not the worst hero we've ever encountered. He's not even the worst Aladdin that I've encountered. Again, mm-hmm. I will point you to the Page Master one. What was that actual movie called? Because it wasn't the Page Master. Uh, Aladdin and the Adventure of All Time. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, if this wasn't enough, like, hating Aladdin for you, there you go. Now you have other media to find. (laughs) Um, Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to our patrons for supporting the show. You two can join our Discord and chat with us directly uh, for just a dollar a month. So, hey, consider. Um, Thank you to our top tier patrons. Nikki, Frog Whisperer. Lucky, Biblio Princess, Heerius, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, Thimbles Are a Stitcher's Best Friend, Awkward, Project Bird Fall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto Popping On Off with a Bang, Caitlin, Danielle, The Wimbus Stained Red by the Balloon Wind of Clown Creation, Your Girl Owen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Vespadesu, Versus Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan Lescott, Millipedish, Deprave, Shave, Sonic Wave, and other words that rhyme with Dave. Maya, High Listus of Limbus, Definitely Not Yahweh Yowie in Disguise, A Dubious Little Creature, Haley, uh, that's Haley Prime, uh, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug.
Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.